0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the greater war I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to go back. I gotta keep pressing on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, We don't have to be subdued. We don't have to be under the subjection of any evil thing because the Lord has triumphed Over it all. And he didn't do it for himself. He didn't need it for himself. He did it all for us. But the enemy is such a liar and a deceiver. If you listen to the wrong thoughts and and yield to the wrong feelings, you'll become uh, despondent. You'll become hopeless. You'll think, you know, there's no help. There's no way. When it's all lies, it's all lies. There is nothing impossible with God. There is nothing too hard and there's nothing impossible to those that believe, which is why we're feeding our believing. Amen. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for utterance and direction and help in these things that we may rise above the, the junk and the destruction, confusion and deception of the enemy. And, and walk with you in the light, in the freedom that the good news brings. We ask for it. We thank you for it. Uh, the quickening of your spirit in every place where this airs, Lord. In every room and every structure and every situation, every heart, mind and body. Lord, manifest the quickening uh, and life of your Holy Spirit there. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, You know, the Bible said, the psalmist said, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. There's more than one way to receive a healing. You You don't have to have hands laid on you. You don't have to be prayed for. Those are two legitimate and right ways of receiving. But you can just have the Word of God come to you and heal you. Hallelujah. That's what, uh, that's what the Scripture said. He sent His Word and it healed them. I was in a class one day where we were teaching healing. And uh, uh, it was a small class. And, and this uh, uh, lady interrupted me uh, part of the way through. And she said... Uh, because I was talking about Mark eleven twenty four that said when you pray believe you receive them and that that word is off uh, other places translated take. Believe that you take them and you shall have them. And she said uh, d- does that mean you just take it? You just believe you take it? I said yeah. That's what it said. She said okay. So I kept ministering. Him. <laughs> and after the uh, uh, I mean, there was no, you know, we, no running the aisles and, and I was just basically teaching. And, and after the uh, uh, service, she came up and she said, look, look. And I said, what? I didn't know what she's talking about. She said, uh, that whole side was paralyzed. I could, and she showed me her notes. She had taken pages, and she said, "I couldn't use that hand. I couldn't write, and I couldn't smile." And she's smiling and going, "Praise God and glory to God." Well, that wasn't the result of a specific prayer or laying on of hands. She just took that word, right? Yeah. She just took that word, and so that can happen wherever you are, right now, at any time. that that the Lord quickens a word to you, you just go, yeah, yeah, I believe that. I receive that. I take that. Huh? Everybody say, I take that. that. Now we're talking about receiving from the Lord. You're not trying to take from Him something He didn't want you to have. If He didn't want you to have it, you ain't getting it. (laughs) 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 You can't rend something away from God. But this is something he's already given, something he wants you to have. You still have to receive it or take it from him, what he's offering, or you won't enjoy it. So uh, we are believers and we are receivers. Go ahead and say that out loud. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And I am a receiver. And I am a receiver. Uh, look with me, if you would, in the 91st Psalm. And this is... Um, This is going to sound real familiar if you've been with us in this study. Psalm 95, verse 8, it says, Harden not your heart, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Does this sound like our text we've been reading in Hebrews 3? (laughs) That's because it is. That's where it came from. Exactly, word for word. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my work, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath they should not enter into my rest. Now what is what is he exhorting everybody that would hear this to do? Don't harden your heart, like they did. Now let's go back to Exodus that um, 16th chapter, 16, 17, that we're in the sixth event of these ten that we're studying where the people failed to believe God and actually instead of overcoming unbelief, it overcame them. And in, in chapter 17, in the, uh, this is the, the sixth one, like we said, the, the incident at Rephidim, It said, all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Zin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord. And they pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Now this happened, I'm thinking of at least four or five times throughout their their travels here that they hadn't, either they couldn't drink the water or they didn't have any water. And that's not surprising uh, considering where they were. They're in the desert, you know, in this Sinai Peninsula uh, part of Egypt, still there today, and and right across to the uh, uh, west there is the Sahara Desert. It goes all the way across the uh, you know northern part of continent of Africa. It's the driest, hottest, one of the driest, hottest places in the world, and they're in that kind of environment, and no water. Well, that's why it's desert. No water out there. Unless you talk to God. (laughs) He knows where the water is. (laughs) And he could bring the water out through a rock in the desert. Hmm. And we've already seen him do things that, you know, in these accounts that had never been heard of before. And what God keeps demonstrating and why they're recorded and why we're still talking to about them today all these generations later is that they are timeless demonstrations of the love of God, the faithfulness of God, the miraculous power of God. He, he keeps demonstrating, I can take care of you. I will take care of you. And I don't need what people need to do it, right? I don't have to have a store. I don't have to have a deep well, right? I don't have to have a crop, a field. All the nutrients to make bread were in the atmosphere. Still are right now. They're all manner of gases and and particles and materials suspended in the atmosphere. And God knew how to extract it and and condense it so that it fell like dew. And then when the the dew is off, you've got a, a tiny piece of bread laying there. And then when the people needed water, there are aquifers deep underground, massive amounts of water we still don't know about. And he, I understand it was not a coincidence that those mighty aquifers broke through that specific rock exactly when Moses hit it. Coincidence? Are you crazy? Huh? God is demonstrating. He is showing. And what for why? Why would he do this? Why would he go to these lengths to do this? Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, now he's God. He knows things we hadn't figured out yet. And if, it's, if that is what is precious and valuable to Him, we should get a revelation that that is important above all these other things. Hmm? More important than whether I eat or not today is that I trust my God. Hmm? Are you all awake? Because without Him, I don't exist Human beings exist because he created them. The planet we're on exists because he created. Now, there's people that don't believe that. But, you know, the scripture said, let him that's ignorant be ignorant still. And that's not trying to make fun. That's reality. The Bible said it's the fool that says in their heart there is no God. That is the definition of a fool. You're breathing his air. The quickening of his spirit is making your heart beat. His design is why you even have a brain. Right? And you're going to deny his very existence so that you don't owe him any kind of allegiance or faith or obedience. And well, you'll find out real quick in just a few years when you die how ignorant you were. But it can be too late. no. God is demonstrating he is a God. We already know more about him than we think. Because he's like us to a degree. Because we're like him to a degree. Minus the junk. (laughs) What do you mean? Because we're made how? In his likeness and in his image. And so we already know quite a bit about him. Because we, we take after him, especially those of us that are born again. We we got the, the love of God in us. And so this is what he says is important to him is relationship, fellowship, honesty, and trust and faith. The Bible says faith, hope, love, These three remain forever. A million years from now, you and I will still be talking about, impressed with, developing in faith, hope, and love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God. So all this time you're spending in faith school (laughs) is not wasted time. (laughs) You're going to take this with you into the next life. Everything you learn about the real God kind of love and God kind of faith. So what is what's he if he's displeased with this bunch? That means they could do something else or he'd be unreasonable to be displeased with them. What's he wanting out of them? He hadn't hit it. he hasn't hidden it. He he wants Trust, believe what I tell you, and relax, and rest in me. So when they they all roll under Rephidim, it's hot, 105 in the shade, no water, your reserves are gone. Whose idea was it to come out here anyway? (laughs) Well, and they're going to say Moses. Moses. Man, I wish I'd have never heard the name Moses, they were saying. And And more than once, they got to the point where they wanted to kill him. And all in the world he was doing was going to God, getting the message, going back to them, telling them what God said. Huh? All the time. That's all he's doing. And so they didn't just despise Moses. They despise God because he is just repeating verbatim what God is telling him to tell them. And um, all God is looking for is trust, to put some stock in him, to count him true, to count him faithful and believe in his ability. Right? If he made the planet, come on, class. If he made the earth, I think he could find us some water. Is that right? (laughs) If he made the planet, if he made the sun, the moon, the other galaxies, the mountain ranges, and the ocean, I think he can get us a meal today. I think we'll be all right. Why? Because we know somebody. Is there, somebody say, I know somebody. I, and when I say somebody with a capital S, a big, big, who? The Creator. We actually do. He calls us His children. And we call Him our Father. And the more faith we have, the more we relax. We which have believed do enter into rest. Do we see them resting? No, we see them scared. We see them panicking. We see them yelling and crying and blaming. And here, this is going to be called a place of strife. Meribah and and Massa is what these waters were named after this incident, which meant uh, strife and temptation. And the strife uh, is, is obvious, but the temptation, they were tempting and testing God. Keep reading this. It says, There was no water for the people to drink. The people did chide with Moses, and they said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said, Why are you chiding? We'd say, Arguing, wrestling, striving with me. And why do you tempt and test the Lord? Now we see later, why he said that is because they were making challenging, accusative statements like, Is God with us or not? That's right over here in verse 7. Is the Lord among us or not? And then we saw in Psalm 78 last week that they said, Well, in fact, let's just, just hold your place. Turn over there because there's some folks that weren't with us last time. Psalm 78, it's all right to ask a question for information, but it's possible to ask the wrong question in the wrong way, and it's never okay as a believer, especially one that has seen God answer prayers and do things for you. In a challenging, accusative way. Well, God, where are you? So have people said things like that before? That well, let's just you know put you in that place. Hmm? What if I talk to you that way? (laughs) Huh? I said, Well, where are you? You said you were going to show up. You gonna do it or not? Does that make you want to run and do something for somebody? <laughs> why? Because why does that rub you the wrong way? It rubs God the wrong way. Why? Because you're, you're saying, I don't trust you. And you need to prove to me that I should. You need to show me that you're a person of your word and will do what you said because right now, I don't believe it. So you're really saying all that in that ugly attitude, challenging God. And, and the scripture calls it in the King James, tempting God. We'd say testing God or trying to God, trying God, and trying to make him prove to us. And I've seen this with people. In in various situations, there are folks, it, it doesn't make any difference how many times you tell them you care about them. It doesn't matter how many great things you do for them, they still want you to prove to them that you love them, that you care. It's never enough. Prove to me, it's always prove it to me. Well, what about the last 800 things that happened? (laughs) You know, well, no, you got to prove it again because I'm just, you know, I'm just not sure and I'm just not convinced. Well, when will you be? What will it take? And see, that's what's going on here. And that's what the Lord actually said. He said, how long will it be? Over in Numbers 14 on the 10th time of this, that's what he said. He said, how long will it be before they trust me? He said, after all the miracles and signs that I have shown them, how long will it be? The, the literal, uh, Young's literal translation says, until when? <laughs> until when? And the answer is, it would never be enough. There, there, there are folks. That it won't matter how many times you do something for them, they will never be convinced of your faithfulness. They'll always want you to prove it again. Show me again why? Because they're not going to believe it then. Because believing's a choice. It doesn't come by seeing. At some point, you've got to make the choice, not based on seeing or feeling. Faith is the the confidence and the foundation of things expected well, that means it hadn't happened yet. it's the evidence and, and conviction of things not seen. you hadn't seen it yet. it hasn't happened yet, but you're already convinced. You can count on God. Amen. tell you what he'll be there. you don't have to worry about him. Right. <laughs> he will are we going to make it? You better believe we're going to make it. Why? Well, We're going to endeavor to follow him, do what he tells us to do. And if we do that, you can be sure he is going to provide for, back up, confirm whatever he instructed, whatever he said. You can be sure. He said in Psalm 78, it said verse 40, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him? In the desert. I don't want. to God to look at me. And be annoyed. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> now we're laughing. But are there folks on the earth right now? <laughs> that, that. It provokes him. It, it grieves him. Their attitude. Their refusal to listen. Their refusal to believe. Yea they turned back and tempted God, or they tested God, and did what? Limited the Holy One of Israel. Did God want to do more for these Israelites led by Moses and Aaron? Did He want to? What did He want to do? Come on, we've been on this for weeks now. What did He want to do? Huh? He wanted to take them out of Egypt, make them free, heal them, Put money in their pockets. Yeah, take them through the desert. Teach them some real valuable faith lessons about you don't even have to have a grocery store. (laughs) Uh, You don't even have to know anybody but me. I can take care of you anywhere in any situation. But in a very short time, arrive at the border of the promised land. Right? Did he want them to enjoy? He he said, "I've, I've picked out a place for you. It's a beautiful place. When God says it's a beautiful place, it's a nice place. He said, I got you houses. You don't even have to build. Vineyards, orchards you didn't plant. They're already fully mature and grown, developed. You don't even have to irrigate the place. I rain on it at the right time. They enjoyed none of that. Did they limit what God wanted to do for them? And can you see why the Lord is saying, this 91st Psalm that we read is quoted verbatim in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews 3, telling us, don't, don't harden like they did. Don't have, don't have that disposition, that inclination to doubt, to question, to challenge. See, this is a, this is a personality bent this is an inclination and and ever how you are with people that's just how you are and you're that way with god too and this word says when it said they strove with moses that can be translated fault or quarrelled quarrelled are there people who are just argumentative huh they they'll just argue for the Sake of arguing, that's a bad trait. Because I assure you, you're not just you don't just flip a switch when you go to God and turn into somebody else. You are how you are. And if you're argumentative and and, and you know don't want, don't try to get along, don't try to listen, always Questioning, challenging, arguing, fussing, fighting. Those are characteristics of a hardened heart and a refusal to believe. A spirit of unbelief about you. We don't want to be that way. The Lord said, come learn of me. I'm meek, lowly of heart. You'll find rest to your soul. We want to be, the Bible said, let your moderation be known to all men. Another translation said, let your sweet reasonableness be known to all men. People should find you easy to be around. Easy to, that doesn't mean you have to agree with everything, but even when you disagree, you can smile and go, no, no, I don't agree with that, but love you anyway. (laughs) You You can disagree without being so disagreeable. You can be kind without endorsing every ungodly thing, but you don't want to be obstinate. You don't want to be hard-headed and stubborn and hard-hearted. Said out loud. I yield, I yield to, the to the meekness and the kindness Christ. Of, Christ. of Christ. Hallelujah. Well, our time's up again for today. Come back tomorrow. There's a lot more to see. We'll see you soon